It's time to high five and fizz bump. A jujitsu podcast for the everyday grappler. Let's talk subs. Let's talk positions. Let's talk dominating the mat. Welcome to the Let's Talk Jujitsu podcast with Raymond Terrence. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. I know with this whole virus thing, you were supposed to come in the studio and then, um, you know, I let you know um, that we got rid of our dog yesterday. So oh, we you found somebody. Yeah. So we we found actually um, Professor Phil tagged a girl that owns a rescue. And it turns out that I know the girl I went to high school with her and her sister was my first ever girlfriend. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was so random. So anyways, she came by the house yesterday. She spent some time with the dog and then uh, took the took took the dog the day of. And now she's keeping the dog with her for a couple of weeks and then he's going to be up for adoption. Uh, but it's been really rough on my wife there because she's, you know, very pregnant. She's very attached to the dog. It was basically her baby for like five years while trying to get pregnant. You know, like the dog was like, you know, dog sleeps in our bed. Uh, she cuddles the dog. Uh, it was basically our baby before the baby came. So letting the dog go was a little rough. But the fact that he was snapping at the baby whenever the baby, you know, ah, that's dangerous. Working, yeah, it was really dangerous. So I had to be the unemotional one. I had to be like, no, like it's we had a trainer come in. It's not something that can be corrected necessarily. Like it could go wrong again. And I just couldn't take that chance. So I'd rather the dog be put in a family where, you know, he'll be OK and he could do his thing. And there's no little babies lying around. And yeah, so it's been a little like turmoil ish for the past 24 hours. But we have Ramiro on, we have Brian on. So Ramiro, maybe tell us a little bit about how you started in jiu-jitsu and how long you've been doing jiu-jitsu for. I started jiu-jitsu uh, maybe 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah, 11 years ago. Um, uh, I was actually, I started boxing with uh, at the Hilton Boxing Club. Uh, in uh, St. Henry, and uh, and well, the gym was like I, I really I really love boxing. I, I've been watching boxing since I'm a child, and uh, I had like uh, the illegal cable when I was a child, and I would watch all the pay per views <laughs> when I was a kid. So I would watch Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, uh, Mike Tyson was my one of my favorite, Oscar de La Hoya, um, and uh, like Pernell Whitaker. All these like boxers, I I used to grow up and and watch and and uh, I started boxing at uh, with the Hilton brothers, but I was a bit, I started a bit older, you know. I I, I didn't know much about martial arts and and uh, and uh, I like I was lifting weights, running, but I I think I was getting bored with that, and I wanted to do something else. I started boxing. And when I was boxing, I, I met uh, Samuel Guille. You, you remember him? Mm-hmm. So he had like a Brazilian top team like T-shirt and 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 uh, a Brazilian top team uh, uh, pair of shorts. And we would spar. And then uh, he was doing a professional career back then. And uh, well, Sam Sam was really in shape at that time and. He was lining me, uh, lighting me up left and right. He was really good uh, uh, at that time. And um, when the gym, because well, I don't know if you know the history of the Hilton Boxing Club uh, or, or the family in itself, but they're not the most stable family. So, so, <laughs> no, 
I actually, I, uh, not to cut you off, but I have. So when we grew up in Dorval, we lived in this house uh, right beside the airport for like basically my entire life. And when I was really young, like eight, nine years old, the uh, Hilton brothers moved in in the house right in front of our house. So, ah. Yeah, so the cops were there almost every night, uh, fights with women, uh, them beating up on women in the street. It was a disaster, man. And they ended up getting forced out of the neighborhood. Like, everyone just, like, revolted and were like, we need to kick the Hiltons out. And uh, they ended up leaving. But, yeah, it, it was it was bad. <laughs> so, exactly. So, for me, it's like, uh, you know, uh, I... I remember, so, uh, you know, I, I, the father was, like, uh, coaching me a lot, and the father was super, super good. And, um, yeah, they were a bit crazy, and just to tell you a little story, the father was, like, uh, that. that's how crazy they were. The, the, the father was, like, in his 60s, I think, when he was still teaching, and there's this guy that came out of jail, 220 pounds, pure muscle, He's like, oh, look at me. I know how to fight. And he's swinging his fist in front of his face. And he's like, son, please, I would I would really ask you not to, like, do these things. I really don't like it. And then he's like, oh, I'm ready to box. Well, everybody thinks because they lift weights, they're ready to fight and stuff, right? They, mm-hmm. So the old man warned him two or three times, and the guy was still, like, swinging his fist close to his face. He's like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm very, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then... I saw the man just lose it and knock out the the, the, the young young guy. He was in his twenties. <laughs> so the, the old man was really tough. But when then what well, of course now you you know all of their you can even watch in YouTube the their documentary and then the gym closed down. So then I was looking for all the boxing gyms and I didn't really feel the same as and as 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 in that gym. So I was like, you know what, I'll 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 try jujitsu. So just before you go on, Ramiro, was that how long ago was that at the uh, at the Hilton gym? I think I was like 21, 22 when I did boxing at the Hilton gym, and I stayed there for almost three years. Yeah, it's almost three years, and then I. And how old are you now? Right now I'm thirty-seven. So okay, so fifteen years ago about. Yeah. 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 Is that, did they have, didn't they have a gym also like in Hudson or something like that? No, no, no. That, they had it in Villa Mart first. Okay. But it was like, uh, it was super packed and it was quite small. Uh, and they opened one in St. Harry, but that was, it was two floors. But I think at that time, uh, Davey had like a guilty verdict against him. Right. And, yeah. Well, I don't want to get too much in details, but you, well, you it's can, all public knowledge, anyways. No, I, of course, but I, it, it, it's not very nice to speak about these things they did. And at the same time, what happened during that time? Uh, Hilton came back and fought this kid called Adam Green uh, for like a comeback fight, but uh, nobody would promote uh, Dave Hilton. He was mm-hmm. pretty much finished when he came yeah, out of jail. Yeah, yeah. And I he fought. Probably... Go ahead, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, he fought Adam Green, and then when he fought Adam Green, I don't know that he came back to the gym, and it, I don't know that it, it just plummeted. There's nobody coming back. There's because there was so much bad publicity around, and 
uh, like I, I spoke to all the Hill, all the Hilton family, you know, and they were okay with me, but I, I kept my distance. Like I did boxing and I learned boxing from them, but I never hung, hung out with them or, yeah. or, or they were just, you didn't, you didn't rob any donut shops with them. No, thank God. <laughs> thank well, God. what I, I mine, I think it goes back a little bit further, maybe because I'm older than you, but um, I must have been like fucking 19, I think. There was a guy named Joel Pigeon. Do you know this name? No, no. He was a like I want to say some kind of a Quebec champion. I don't want to say I don't know if it was kickboxing or boxing, and he trained with them. No, 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 no I don't. Anyway. I was working at a bar, a little bar in Dorion, and um, this guy started coming in just by himself, just to you know slam back a few drinks before he would go out or something like that. And we started talking to him, and after a few months, he told me he says, "Yeah, I'm a boxer, you know, uh, you know, you come uh, come and train with us at the Hilton Gym, you know." Uh, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, fuck!" I was so stoked, man. I didn't know anything, you know. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So I told my my dad, I go home. My dad and my uncles are at the house, and. Like, yeah, some guy came in and he's like, uh, yeah, you should come and train with me with the Hiltons, you know. My fucking uncles went crazy. You're not fucking going to train there. <laughs> no, no, for sure. That, that's it. So so they're, they're not, they don't have the best reputation. And they're, if you look at their, like, you can watch a documentary on YouTube, the Hilton Boxing Climate. It's actually very, very, like, uh, I, I found it very sad because they had a lot of potential. They were yeah. training with people like what Mike Tyson there were okay. like, Mike Tyson's like undercards, and two of them became world champions. So it, it it was really sad to see that they didn't they didn't have an, out of boxing they didn't have any discipline. Yeah, but well, I think it happened for the best because uh, sometimes I would I would have like these big headaches from boxing, and then when I I tried jujitsu, um, I I tried I remember I I walked in. Um, I asked if there was a class, and Fabio's like, "Oh, you're late, uh, but come to next class." And I, he shook my hand. That was when uh, Fabio was teaching at at uh, Gamma. <laughs> so I came, and then the first class that that uh, I tried, there was a little guy. I'm like, "Oh man, I'm gonna like." I was 205 pounds there. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna kill this kid." <laughs> and man, I, I tapped uh, like seven times in in, in six minutes. Who was that and, kid? Uh, I don't remember, man. It, there was one kid that was really strong, and I, I forgot because he quit. And then I fought this other guy, uh, um, Greg Delila. He, he he trained with us, I think, until he was a purple belt. But he wrestled, uh, I think, in in high school, and he was really really athletic. On top of that. And I'm not athletic at all. So he was really beating the crap out of me. And, and I was like, wow. I felt like I was drowning. And I was like, uh, wow. I was like, this is really, really a lot better than I thought it would be. You know, I thought it was like, because when you don't know jujitsu and you look at it and from like a spectator's point of view, you say, oh, it looks kind of, you know, uh, you know, it looks a, a little bit gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it feels weird, you know, when you see it and you're like, oh man. But then when you start like watching it uh, more, doing it, sorry, more and more, uh, I started enjoying it more and more and more. And uh, that's how it, it all started uh, for me with jujitsu. And then 
uh actually and uh like fabio wouldn't like because he had a, a white belt class in a and a blue belt and higher so i i fought with white belts only and there was like a couple of good guys there but when i went to the blue belt class uh i i fought with higher belts and the first like time I felt like somebody distributing their weight correctly was with Phil Siegel. I was just going to ask you if Professor Phil was there at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he he really was teaching me how to because we're almost the same size, so we're, he was teaching me really how to distribute my weight, some of his techniques. So I I got to improve a lot with with Phil. Hmm. It's funny that you're that you mentioned like you're like uh you know when spectators take a look at it they're like oh man like it looks you use the term gay but it's funny that you say that because I have two of my closest friends who are two guys who are in a relationship together uh, when I showed them jiu-jitsu for the first time they were like oh man we could totally get into that a bunch <laughs> of sweaty guys just like dripping sweat on each other and they were totally down for it I mean they, they they've never come to do a class but it was pretty funny because when you look on the outside right it's basically just a bunch of guys just holding on to each other so if you don't understand the sport it it, it does look kind of odd I like the last tournament that that we had uh, actually at the Mastermind Cup, I invited my parents, and my parents came, and it was the first time they've ever seen jiu-jitsu in their lives, and they came, and my mom was just like so confused about the whole thing. <laughs> they stayed maybe like twenty minutes, and I, it was really nice for the uh, of them to come. But yeah, I guess but it, if if you don't know, it, it looks kind of odd. It's tough. It's tough. You can't. You can't. I I I for example, I, I've never watched. I I don't watch full matches. I can't. I get bored. Yeah. I can't. I've never, I've never watched a full match of jiu-jitsu. Well, it's, 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 sorry, it's kind of ridiculous. When, I, when I, I, I go on the IBJJF page, I always watch the matches that are like two minutes, three minutes, like all those black belt matches because I yeah. know there's a finish coming. Yeah. And I, I know I should watch like the 10-minute ones or the nine-minute ones, but like I, I, I don't have that much time. And I just like I, I watch all the short ones because I always want to see the finishes. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, those, those fucking 10-minute ones are like, a lot of time where you see both guys sitting there and they're both they're looking 50, at the clock. 50, yeah, they're in 50-50. Yeah, it's yeah. off. No, but I, I've never... I, funny enough, the, all, the only videos I've ever really seen like completely was um, uh, uh, Pedro Duarte's. I, he has a couple of fights online. And I've seen... I was... Uh, uh, obviously, Fabio's too. I've I've seen most of Fabio's on, on, online, uh, just to learn because he was my teacher. And, well, he still is, and I I consider like I I wanted to see how he he fought. Mm-hmm. And I, Do you watch videos, Brian. Do you watch any like uh, YouTube no, stuff? Yeah, I'm like you. Like, There's one on YouTube, but he has one against Rob DiZenzo, uh, and it was a really really nice technical fight. Uh, he has even some with uh, one with uh, Kenny Florian. And yeah, that one I saw. That's a pretty famous one, I think, eh, for Fabio? I, yeah, well, I, I think so as well. Yeah. But I was watching, and I watched a couple of, of Pedro Duarte's, or Pedro Duarte's, um, <laughs> Pedro Duarte's, uh, um, hey, John. Videos. <laughs> So I, I I I've watched these two guys. I like watching Cascal too, 
and sometimes I like watching uh, um, Zandi Ribeiro too. Mm-hmm. But that's that's about it. I don't like I don't watch every single fight and who fights who doesn't. I I really don't I'm, I don't enjoy that as much. It's funny. People always ask me like if I if I keep you know if I watch all the big matches and the big names and like it like I I know some of their names. For someone who does a jiu-jitsu podcast, I'm not up to date with like the latest jiu-jitsu guys and like the feuds or like what's going on and who's matched up next like i have a, a subscription to flow grappling and when i'm bored i have nothing to do i know on saturday night there's usually a fight to win so i'll turn it on and just watch a bunch of matches because they have like blue belts and purple belts and brown belts fights so it's like it's, it's just normal jiu-jitsu people right so yeah. it's like stuff that you'll encounter on a day-to-day basis metamorphoses are pretty good yeah the metamorphoses yeah they, they were good and what's that that other one they have now um where it's like quintet. Five, five guys on one team against five guys on another team. What's that called? The quintet. Quintet. The quintet. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's called. Yeah, that's pretty good too. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I that's like actually, actually, like that's a very culture. that's a very good format of uh, yeah of uh, I think they should do it here if there's a, is there's a possibility of doing it. If well, it right. do it here. Somebody around here should maybe consider doing that. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. this like this whole like waiting until things become legal thing. Like now we're talking about the corona and how no one can roll because there's corona. Like we have bigger problems in Quebec. Like even yeah. when we can, when schools open back up and we can go train, we still can't compete in Quebec and like we still can't organize anything. But the second that green flag goes up and uh, they're like, yes, we can start competing again in Quebec. I've got, I'm like, I, I, I'm all in on that. I've always wanted to host my own tournament to like, that's really where I want to oh. go and do like super fights and stuff like that. That's, that's yeah, really the direction the I want to go. One, Ray, you're going to have, it's going to be called the Corona cup. <laughs> oh man. So, um, Ramiro, you just got back. i uh, not just got back. You've been back for how long from, uh, from Abu Dhabi? Uh, five months, five months, I think five, five months. months. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how long were you there for teaching? Three years and two months. Three years and two months. So maybe tell us how like that that all started in your experience there. I know you probably have a lot to talk about, or you've had a lot of experiences. Yeah, I mean, I could talk for a long time, but like to yeah. make it short, it's like um, uh, how it happened is like because uh, I was finishing my studies, and then I I was actually working for Revenue Canada, and I hated that job. <laughs> um, I really hated it, and uh, doing people's taxes and or like, t- like people would call and then I would have to um, talk about like child tax benefits and see what goes to who and and uh, sometimes you get really really dumb people calling and you have to you can't hang up on on these people and you have to explain everything by detail. But I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I had a good opportunity, a good offer, but then I was when I was working at Revenue Canada, I had no energy to do any jiu-jitsu at all, at all. And I was only doing like uh, twice a week. And at that time, I was a purple belt. And I said, man, if, if it goes like this, I'll never have my black belt. And uh, I decided, look, I don't have any responsibilities. So I was like, you know what? I'll quit the job and I'll do jujitsu full time. So, why didn't you have any motivation, Romero? Because I think it was uh, 
I don't know. I, 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 you work from a nine to five and then you're exhausted and you don't really like, I, I didn't like the job per se, but um, in order, I, I don't want to be just an average jiu-jitsu guy. You know, I just, somebody that trains twice a week and I really wanted to be good as, as I possibly could. But it, it, and if you work at a full-time job, and at that time, I think it was it wasn't as feasible as today because today you have a lot more jujitsu gyms. So if if your schedule doesn't work that day, there's another gym that's open that you know, and then you can go train. It's it wasn't as as you don't have that that many gyms as as there is today, and I don't have like uh, uh, the resources I have today. Like now, I have a car, so I can uh, I can go pretty much anywhere I want. And if I can do a training any, anywhere I want, that would be fine. But back then, I, I just had a, a, a like a, a bus pass, and and I don't know. And at the same time, uh, Fred offered me to teach Muay Thai. I was doing Muay Thai with Sana uh, at, at BTT, and I was doing. I did that for almost three years as well. And the boxing helped me understand Muay Thai quite easier. So I was teaching also after at at. Uh, at Fred's, and I said, "We want. I'll get a car, whatever." And I, I feel I went full full blast. So I was teaching jujitsu. I was teaching. I was uh, training jujitsu full almost full time, and and training Muay Thai, a lot of Muay Thai, and teaching at the same time. But that was like, um, and I was uh, bouncing in the weekends. So I, it was the most fun I've ever like I've ever had. I, I didn't have a boring day. Hmm. Like every day was like awesome. But at the, at the end of the day, I, I wanted more because I started to be a little older. And then I'm like, I can't do this forever. You know, I can't be bouncing and, and getting drunk people out. And, and you don't know. It's a, it's a bit dangerous working in these things, but it paid well. So one day I was, I was close to receiving, not too far from receiving my black belt. And Fabio's like, listen, uh, uh, there's a, there's a project in Abu Dhabi and he sent it through WhatsApp and he's like, uh, anybody who wants to go to Abu Dhabi, give your name. So I was like, all right, you see there's eight guys giving their names. I'm like, okay, I'll go. I, I'll go if it's for real. I don't care. I have to find out for myself how it is to go there. So, uh, but I didn't think it was serious. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just put my name. <laughs> I'll go to Abu Dhabi. Man, yeah, yeah, that's it. So I was like, eh, whatever. And uh, one day, out of the blue, it's like uh, I'm walking and I'm heading towards the gym. And I get like a, a, a message on my email. And it says, a contract for Abu Dhabi, da 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 more or less these dates. And I now sign here. We need it by next week if you're coming. Wow. Like, oh fuck i'm like is it is this real i'm like oh my god so i got like kind of scared and uh at the beginning i think we were like eight guys yeah we're gonna get an apartment together yeah we're all it's all gonna be btt blah 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 <laughs> and then i was like okay that might be cool and you have an image of of the place like wow it's like it's gonna be so cool it's gonna be jiu-jitsu every day we're gonna get make get paid well to do jujitsu what a dream job and then well long story short 
we don't hear anything. And uh, it's the month of July. I don't. I, they said more, more or less, what, when can you come? We, me and and Samba, uh, which is an, another black belt from Fabio's, like we're like, okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll say around uh, the end of July. So it's let's say the tenth of July, and it says, okay, you have a ticket around the twenty fourth or something like that. I don't remember exactly the date. He's like. Uh -huh. So we had like a week and a half to get rid of all of our stuff. Yeah. And I had to get rid, like, uh, I just signed a lease for another year. So I, I made a deal with my landlords and I, they understood and they, were, they had to do renovations in my apartment anyway. So they were happy for me and they were happy that, that I was leaving. And mm -hmm. I said uh, my goodbyes to, to my girlfriend and and my my family and everything and we and we were supposed to be like i, I think like probably like eight and we started we we were three wow. and and then it was like man i'm actually in the plane and we're like in taking a plane through turkish airways and we're going we're we're, we're going to do a stop at, in turkey and i was like man i've never been out of like the american continent i like I always went to like Latin America, but I never went to Europe or any of these places. But Latin America is where like I always love to go. And then when I we went to we flew and I, like I couldn't believe it was happening. It was like uh, <laughs> surreal. At the same time, I'm like I'm crying because I'm leaving all my family behind, yeah. and then I'm, I'm sobbing. Except for like Samba, Samba's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> you know, Sam, Sam used to traveling all the time, and, and uh, we had uh, we had uh, another well, Brock with us too. And then after we we left, and uh, and that's it. And then we we got there. It was a I think it was like a twenty hour flight. And uh, I, I honestly got, don't think I could survive a twenty hour flight. And like we have family members that go to Argentina all the time, and it's crazy like how long you have to stay like seated in a in a plane, yeah. kind of waiting, yeah. trying to figure how to sleep. I don't know how you did it. No, but it's like it. You get. I think you get used to it. Honestly, it, you get. It's not. It's never easy, but you get used to it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when when we get we got there, uh, we got there at the month of like July, right? And it was like, man, you get at the airport, it's nice. It's a nice airport. It's really well maintained. And when you open, we got out of the airport, just just feel this heat wave come out. How hot is it in July? Is that like they're like midsummer? Like it's close to, it could get, it, it could go up to like 50, 51 degrees. Man, it was like, and it's humid. Like it's more humid than than, than what you get in here in Montreal. It's yeah. it, it's a, it's a heat that you cannot imagine. And I hate I hate the heat. I hate it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. And I walked because there's a chauffeur that came to pick us up. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm really gonna like maybe. Uh, what did I do? What am I doing here? So we we. Uh, we left and we, and when we got there, we, we, you see like, uh, the, the, uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed mosque. 
Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, we're really here. And it's actually beautiful. The first time you see it, you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. We got in and and we got in our hotel. And Samba has a lot more experience at that time uh, of traveling than me. So Samba knew, already knew where the good room was. So he just, <laughs> he just he got the nice room and me and Brock like had to sleep in, in separate uh, beds. But we had like, he had like a big uh, queen size bed. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to the living room. And what we, when we got there, it's, um, we get a call from, from reception and saying, oh, uh, they're going to come pick you up in the morning. But we just got there. I think it was like we got there at, at the hotel at two in the morning, and wow. I couldn't sleep. I was still like jet lagged, and the this phone rang. You and Samba? Who else? was there? Just you two? No, and Brock. Oh, and Brock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then we get a we get a a call a, a call like at five forty or something like that five thirty, and uh, it says like it, they said oh. You have to come to the interview. I had slept like 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, just so, before we get any further, because there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this that don't know who Brock is and stuff like that. So uh, Brock is um, uh, another black belt from BTT, uh, mm-hmm. French-Canadian guy. His nickname yeah, is... Yeah, very good guy. Very yeah, good. Yeah, very good guy. And he went with you guys for this opportunity with you and Samba. Yeah, right? of course. He, he went, he went. Okay. So tell us so, about the interview. Oh yeah, so we got there and and uh, they told us to change, so we changed, and um, we're like we're fairly new, more new black belts. Yeah, and all you see is like uh, you see like uh, we're getting into an interview, but there's approximately I think I think there's like thirty black belts around and there was two brown belts and all the black belts had like second or third degrees and you're like wow we're gonna have to compete for that with them for the so job you guys are all competing for the same position yeah. yeah 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 so we, we had to compete for the job and i was like oh my god because there was a lot of fourth degree black belts too uh did you sorry uh, ramiro did you explain um what the job actually was what the job description is Oh well, well, what so we were told is we're, we're going to teach the military. And, and so the job interview was for you to teach the military. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So when, when we got there, it's like uh, so we see like thirty black belts, and I'm like, oh, all right. So it started getting intimidating, and we're like in a tiny room, and I didn't know what was going to happen, and then uh, they start like uh, giving us like. These extra, uh, like, uh, like English written exam, but like me, Samba, and Alex, we finished it like in two minutes, and the rest of the Brazilians are still looking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's advantages of like I'm like, all right, they're they're looking at the whole ensemble of the 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 coach and uh, look and. Most of these Brazilians that were there didn't speak fluent English. Uh, there was exceptions, but um, a lot of them were really good guys, really, really good people. 
And uh, I think you were saying too that these these guys, the Brazilian black belts that were there too, that their jiu-jitsu was very high level too. Uh really high level. High, and like when they were doing a, like a couple of interviews, uh, Pedro Duarte comes walking to the interview, and my heart starts beating like really hard because like oh crap! Like I would, uh, Pedro Duarte was like one of my my favorite jiu-jitsu guys. And I see him in front of me, and I was like, what the hell? He, he's, like, really respected from everybody there. So everybody lost. What would bring him to Abu Dhabi? Well, it's the fact that he, it's a good opportunity to make money with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And he, it's like, it's not a, it, look, it's, it's not for everyone, but it's, it's, it is a good opportunity. But he and, wasn't there for the same reason you were there. Well, I think we, we, most of the people are there because I, I was there mostly because I wanted to like see the world and at the same time learn more jujitsu and, and learn new techniques and and get to fight different styles. But and, Duarte, and, I mean, but, what I mean is he wasn't there to have an interview for the same position that you were applying. Of for. course not. No, no, no. He's uh, he's like he's already made. What there. was his purpose there? I don't. I don't know. I think it's because <laughs> he came uh, like some 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 no, some okay. <laughs> no, no, no. He has a lot of work like anywhere, and and at the same time, he knew we were like he he has a friendship with Fabio, and he knew that we were Fabio's students, and he came to check up on us as well. He, just, he must have black belts there too, right? Teaching. Uh, him. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It, Alex, I'll get to Pedro after, but Pedro's—it's a little bit of a different situation that he has. But if if he's highly respected there, he is. He is, and his jujitsu is one of the best I've seen. As as a competitor, he's super good. But as a teacher, wow, I can't say enough good things about Pedro. So you got a chance to learn under him too, then, while you were there. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was really lucky. I consider myself very, very, very lucky. Okay, so continue now with the interview thing. No, so that's it. So, that, so when we got we got to afterwards to like a big mega gymnasium, and there was like they told us, okay, uh, uh, go change and whatever, put like a uniform. Well, we already in our uniforms there, but we went to another side of the gymnasium. And then there's like a major sitting down, smoking, and and it's waiting for us. And then we're like, Did he look oh, like man? no, no, no. <laughs> he was like a much more, a lot, a lot bigger. <laughs> like, man. So it looked like he had like, uh, you know, uh, I would say not uh, like power or like he, he commanded respect. So, so, and he, so we were all lining lining up and sitting down and then after he's like okay two by two i want you to show me two techniques that would be good for the military so as some of the brazilians were doing like uh, fancy bearing bolos and stuff like that and it was one after the and he started like really flipping out because he's like guys i don't want sports jiu-jitsu i want jiu-jitsu for the military you have to imagine somebody is coming to punch you or hit you with a knife. And just when he says that, somebody does like, like goes for a leg lock and gives his back. 
and he's, he he loses his head and he, he just he tells <laughs> his assistant, "Oh, just take care of this. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this." So dumb. So, but it's it's dumb, yes or no? But because like most of these guys are, are from Brazil and they don't they don't know how to speak English, so they don't know what what he was asking. Yeah. So then he goes to I think uh, to Samba first. Samba does like a nice demonstration. He doesn't complain. He's happy with sambas. He comes with me, and I show my demonstration. And luckily, I have I had a good partner too that exaggerated the movements. Yeah. Like uh, I had samba. I did like an Osoto Gary, and samba like jumped like three feet in the air, and <laughs> like I was like wow. So, um, but like it, they were because they told me, okay, if somebody strikes you, uh, how would you do? Um, would block this certain way and then luckily I've done a bit of like a Muay Thai and it, it really helped so that the major was really happy and he didn't say anything well we all finish the demonstration and we go to like a, an interview face to face and um, when we're with him face to face he's asking us our background like uh He's asking us our background. What what do we do? What is it exactly that like what what studies we've done? How many languages we speak? So when I told him like I studied uh, accounting and I did uh, history and then I studied uh, I, I I speak four languages. He's like, whoa, really? And he's like, when did you have the time for do a to do a black belt or? And I was like, mm. he's I was like, well, I don't know. I I trained a lot. And then he's like, oh, good. Well, it's very, it's like, uh, and then he's like, I, I heard that you don't uh, like Muslims very much. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, he sold me off a bit. I was like, what? I was like, is it a, like a trick, trick question? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, uh, I heard you didn't like Muslims very much. I'm like, well, I don't think I would be in your country if I didn't like Muslims. It's like, I grew up with Lebanese Muslims and I'm fine with it. And then he's like, "Yeah, you grew up with Lebanese Muslims." He's like, "How?" And he's like, "How do you say? What does it mean, uh, Inshallah?" I was like, "It means uh, if God wants, if God's will." And then they all started smiling. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." God, fucking everybody knows that. Wow, <laughs> I did not. I was about to say it means infidel. I have no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, so then after like my like. Um, there was my boss, the guy that would become my boss. He goes, "Oh, because your boss told me that uh, you were a big, a big liar." And I was like, "You can tell my boss that I never said these things, and I never said nothing." And like in front of my boss, I was like, "And if he's if he said these things to you, he's a big liar." And I was like, yeah. "He started laughing." And when we got out of the the interviews. He, I think it went super well for Sampa as well. So obviously, he got the job. But and then he goes, uh, Ramiro and Samba, you're. Uh, I'm gonna remember your names. And in, in in the interview, said we're gonna send you in bases that it's not gonna be shopping malls. So are you ready to do it? I'm like, can I bring books? He's like, yes. So I don't care. Just let me read my books, and I'll be fine wherever you send me. So, so when all Brock, that happened, we get get the job. Sorry? Brock didn't get it. No, uh, unfortunately, uh, well, 
I I don't know more. I don't want to talk too much about those details. If he wants to say it, I don't talk to him. Uh, but there, there's uh, details. Well, I, mean, I mean, I don't want to talk about like it wasn't it wasn't something I really want to I want to talk about it because it wasn't it wasn't. It's not really your place to. He he didn't yeah. get it for his own reason. So he didn't get it. That's it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable to talk about this because he. It, it, that's it. I just don't feel comfortable. <laughs> Did the general ask him to do a little sucky sucky and he refused? No, no, no. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't Maybe they were racist against French Canadians. Uh, maybe. I don't. I I don't know what happened. And <laughs> that's that's like if he wants to tell his side of the story, it's one thing. But I, I'm not. I'm not here so, to. So so then you ended up teaching at a military base, right? Uh, yeah. After that, we they send us to a, a military base, and we had to stay there like a complete week. Uh, it was one week on, one week off. And how were the were they uh, were the military people accepting that you were you were there to teach jujitsu? I mean, somewhat. Somewhat. They, they don't like. It's not what you like. They. 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 How can I put it? Like, some of the some of the military love jujitsu, and a lot of them don't. Hmm. It's it's quite normal. If 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 it's like if you told me that one day. I, it's they make it mandatory in my country to play hockey. You know, I, I'm never. I, I would hate it. Well, it's the same thing here. Technically, there's a reason why the whole population isn't doing jujitsu. It's because jujitsu is not necessarily for everyone, right? Exactly. You have a small percentage of people who want to do it. So if you're forcing something upon people who didn't sign up to do jujitsu, they signed up for something completely else. And now all of a sudden you're be like, no, you're gonna have to do some jujitsu and learn this. Some people are probably weren't down for it at all. Yeah, I, I don't. I yeah, but pre pretty much. But when when I went there, it's like there's a couple of guys that, that liked it, but a lot of guys were forced to do it in order to so to move up in ranking because they made jujitsu part of their military curriculum. I guess is that what it is. Well, the thing is like. Uh, one of the sheiks that has a lot of influence in, in, in Abu Dhabi, actually, his kid started doing it, and he saw how his kid started improving physically and mentally. And then he he decided that if it worked for my kid, it's going to work for my people as well. Yeah. So he decided that it would be the best thing for because he put it in the education system and in the military as well. Oh, so, in the education system also? Uh, yeah, yeah. K oh, kids wow. have to, throughout the whole high school, from uh, <clears throat> even primary school. Amazing. So, cool. I think they're they're doing a lot of good things. That, I mean, a, a lot of the kids don't like it, but the thing is, like, when they do like it, some of the 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 kids, it's a it's still a new program. It's not super old. Yeah. So they're, they're much. Sorry, it's gonna... just let me interrupt for one second, Ramiro. Sorry, it's funny because I was just gonna say. It probably hasn't been in in effect that long because my boss is actually um, he's originally uh, Pakistani, but he was uh, he was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. He mm -hmm. lived there for like thirty years before he came to Canada. One of my bosses, mm -hmm. uh, he lives uh, in Western Canada now. But and uh, he he it wasn't in effect when he was there, but he knows he's very familiar with jujitsu just because of I guess because of the popularity that it had there I guess or whatever. Well, I, I I wouldn't say it's the most popular sport. 
because they love their uh, football, not uh, soccer, <laughs> like you guys call it, but uh, fo- whatever, yeah, call it soccer for you yeah, guys. But they, soccer, they love fo- uh, their soccer. They're, they they love it. They mm-hmm. they that's they 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 really love it. They that's their. I think that's the more the national sport. But is jujitsu growing? I I think throughout the time I was there, yes, it was. And w- were you teaching um, gi and no gi, or uh, when I was there, they started, they did only gi. Hmm. But sometimes I would teach no gi because sometimes they they didn't have the the gi, okay. or they didn't provide the gi yet, and they were starting the program. Okay. So uh, I adjusted to that. But it, it was uh, it was the majority of the time people okay. love gi over there. And and what I'm just curious, what what kind of gis were 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 they wearing, and where were they getting these gis from? Well, that's the most of the time the government uh, it supp- supports them with uh, with anything they want for jujitsu. So like was it like, what was it like uh, like a specific brand of gis or could no, they no 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 it's a, it's military it's their own gis. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And they, they, I'm telling you that the government takes really care of them. Hmm. They they got they get like really really even if they're gi rips they get a new one right away, hmm. and they have them. They can ask a, a bunch of them. That's cool. And, did did you end up uh, promoting anybody while you were there? Uh, well, because they 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 have their own ranking system. Okay. So there's no because we work for for the company, and we're not allowed to like. Oh, um, put, um, I can't say, oh, he's Brazilian. I can't put one of my students and say, oh, he's a Brazilian top team and he's my student now. No, he has to go by the military ranking system and then he, he, he ranks through that. But me to put it like my own team and stuff like that is illegal. I can, I don't, there's guys that try to do that and they get reprimanded. They get a, like a, a warning. Okay. Were, were you able to to suggest that certain people get no, I, I don't want to I don't want I've never I've never promoted anybody with a like with a belt and I don't think okay, I, so then how did I, it how did it work everybody that you started teaching they're all new to jiu-jitsu brand new geese and white belts well in the military at that time it was quite new it was only like I think a year and a half or two so it was yeah it was quite new and at the same time they were making a program where they have an attendance, like an, a sort of an attendance sheet, and you sign off. Then, uh, after a certain amount of classes, they can go do like first stripe, second stripe, third stripe, fourth stripe, and and blue belt. Hmm. But they the way they did it is really, I think, was really smart because they they did like uh, they did it like the ex- for you and I this would be like super easy, but. But slowly and slowly and slowly, they start making it harder and harder and harder and harder. So it forced them to to train more and more and more. So it, it, it they're they're implementing good a good system, I think. But I I, I also I also think um, there's certain things that could have been done better as well. But there's always that possibility. There's always. There's always going to, nothing is perfect, right? Yeah, there's always room for improvement. Of course. But, uh, now, those, the guys that didn't, because you said some people liked it, some people didn't like it. For mm-hmm. the guys that didn't like it, how did that go? 
well, they they just don't. That's they don't move up in ranking. That's it. That's all. Okay. That's that's their problem. After if they they're they, going to tell they, the they I guess they had to show up. Is that what it was? Is that how it worked? Uh, they have to show up. Yeah, for sure. If they want to move up, but they have to train and and that's it. Did you ever have guys that didn't show up or didn't want to show up or whatever? Like, yeah, but that's that's in that's not my problem. At the end of the day, if they don't want to show up, that's that's because yeah, because because you're there to teach a class, whether that's it's it. three people or fifty people, you're there to teach, right? Exactly. So it's that's not that's not my 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 problem. If they they want to come and they don't want to come, at the end of the day, I'm there, and they tell me just what time I have to be there, or how many classes they want. Uh, I'm supposed to be working six days out of seven, and and they asked even on the weekends I worked on my day. Well, because I was seven days on, seven days off, so I was working the seven days. So mm-hmm. whatever schedule they asked me, that I would do. Man, I would have a hard time. I, I honestly don't know if I'd be able to do that. You know, like not be able to to pr- spend so much time with people. And not be able to promote the ones that actually want to be there, that actually want to learn jiu-jitsu. Like, I personally, for, for me, I think I would find that really hard. Especially because if, if, if it is a mixed bag and you have people who don't want to be there and don't want to train. And then you have a, a part of people that actually want to be there and actually want to progress. Not having any control over the guys that are doing really well and their progression. I don't know. I, I, I would have a hard time with that. But that's just yeah. Yeah, but it, it, I don't know. For me, it's like, listen, the way you, I see it, you see it completely different from me. Yeah, because you saw it as a job, right? Well, the way I see it is like, look, they hired me for something. Mm-hmm. And the way I saw it is like, listen, they told me this and this and this is what I want. And I don't want you pr- to promote guys. So for me, it's like, no problem. Right, okay, go for it. Tell me when, where, where, tell me, tell me where and where I have to work. And I, I'm here to work. I, Tell me the directive, and that's it. I don't complain. I don't do anything, and I just go to work. Hmm. Did but did it, your, uh, did you uh, your speaking French help you in any possible way, or was yes, it you? Yes, it did a oh, lot, yeah. a lot. Because oh. there's a big there's a big Moroccan community over there, and most of them studied in in France, and uh, they're uh, uh, physiotherapists. Oh yeah, yeah. So if I had uh, a problem. I had a problem with my knee, which is was rare, but they would come and I would go and ask for like, uh, uh, you know, can I ask, uh, can can I, can you check what's wrong with my knee? Or if I had a problem with my lower back, I can can I can you go check? And they had equipments to 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 really, uh, they had good good knowledge and equipments to to really heal you up. And it was like provided by the military, so hmm. it was quite good helped me in that aspect and at the same time the Mar- the moroccan community was really nice to me over there they they showed me around abu dhabi they showed me around the, the nice cheap places cheap restaurants to go eat mm. uh, and good really good food and i became really good friends with them the, that's how french helped me out there well i was going to ask you since you were working sometimes seven days on seven days off what what, what did you do during your downtime uh i mean there's nothing to do. Like, you're in a base. You're in a base. There's like, and the first base I was, there was like no internet. Wow. So, so like, man, either you buy your own internet on your phone, but it costs a lot of money, 
and uh, that's what I did. I had like 10 or 12 gigs on my phone, but after the, the third, like my second week coming back, it would be at the end of the week, it would be gone by then. Man, and, I to be honest with you, so far, I would never ever go do that in Abu Dhabi based on everything that you've said so far. I'm like, yeah, no, but very, you know, you don't get to socialize with people. You don't get to go out very often. The nah, people nah, that are training, not all of them want to be there. The time. Like, meh. No, 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 no. But that's the way you see it. The way I saw it is like, like I got to meet a completely new culture. So I got to meet a lot of guys from there and meet, understand their culture. I, I they, they were teaching me a lot of Arabic. I was using that time to learn a lot of Arabic about their culture. I, look, it was a very, I was a, in a very fortunate position because we don't come from the same part of the world. Mm -hmm. like, for example, I'll give you one example. Over there, they have five, six, seven brothers and they have tons of cousins. They don't need a friend that's an outsider. They don't. They and they have like uh, distant relatives. So they don't, they, they, it's a really closed society because they, they don't need outsiders. They, they, like, imagine you had seven brothers. Would you really need to have friends? Or yes. uh, and on top of that, you have cousins your own age and you have a bunch of them. So yeah. you don't need to, to, to have friends outside of the family. And uh, they were very welcoming with me and they, they explained some of the culture. They, <laughs> brought me in, I ate some of their food. It was really enriching, uh, as I would say. And, and I got to learn, like everybody thinks, oh, they're not smart and they're not. It's not true, man. A lot of, a lot of these guys uh, went to study in England. Some went to study in France. Some went to study in, in Switzerland. Hmm. So the country's slowly, slowly changing. And the, the government is investing a lot in their education. This is probably a stupid question, but I, I, I'm assuming there there weren't any women at the military base. Of course not. <laughs> I don't, I'm just asking. I mean, I'm pretty white. If I move my head to the light, you could actually see how white I am. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, that's pretty white. No, I don't know. I thought maybe they're, I don't know. No, so, no, no. You're so, Rivero, you were there for how long? Uh, three years. And there's no women. I mean, it's not. What <laughs> So you got a pagnetta or what? No, no, no. Listen to me. It's, it's not what I, I don't, I don't go that for that. It's so, it's so like, I went well, there. I know you don't go there for that, but and I mean. He has a girlfriend. He has a girlfriend here in Montreal that he came home to, right? Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of Skype calls with the girlfriend late at uh, night. Yeah, guess, yeah, so. yeah. A lot of Skype calls with the girlfriend. <laughs> Man. Yeah, and, that how, was... and, and how did she find you being away for so long? It was really tough. It was, it was really, 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 really difficult. It. Uh, I, I didn't I, get to see my. I didn't get to see my family after I think nine months. Hmm. I spent nine months over there, and then I got to spend five weeks in, in Montreal, and then I had to go fly back again, and it was really tough. It was are really difficult. With, are you still with the same girl now? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She toughed it out the whole time. Yeah, I was there like every week, and she kept complaining. Oh, when is he coming back? No, 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 she wouldn't speak to YouTubers. <laughs> uh, what was uh, what were you uh, where were you staying? How was the living arrangements? That one week on, one week off thing. How did that listen, work? Listen, let, I'll explain you something. It was it was like the living arrangements that we had was awesome. 
I, I have to say, because uh, at the, ho- the same hotel that they put us in, they, we went and I, ne- I negotiated with um, the manager saying like, look, we'll stay with you and we'll, we just leave uh, our luggages and stuff. And then one week on, one week off. That was it. And the manager of the hotel? That, yeah, but that's very common in Abu Dhabi. Because okay. there's so many hotels and there's so, so many hotel apartments. Hmm. And were you living alone or did you uh, have uh, roommates? I had roommates. Who did you have as a roommate? You staying with Samba? Yeah. Anyone else? Nope. <laughs> well, it's true. What am I going to say? Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Though. Honestly, I, I try to put myself in your shoes to leave everything behind, to leave my family and my girlfriend and to go off to Abu Dhabi for three years. Man, that's that, that's a, it's a fun experience because now you're back and you lived everything. You came back and you're like, girlfriend's still there. Jiu-Jitsu still, well, kind of jiu still kind of here in a, in, in a way or another. But uh, what's your plan now? Like, um, just because I mean, we, we we see you every every now and then on the mats. Like, do you do you want to teach here? Do you want to continue training? Do you? I don't. I don't know. For now, it's like I I just wanted to take a break from it. I yeah. was really tired of it. I, after one point, doing jujitsu every day, teaching it every day, I was, and it's nothing like it's nothing that I don't want to speak to anybody or I don't want to train with anybody or specific. I, I really don't have any, anything against anybody. You just and, need to take a little break. Yeah, man, I really did. And it's like, for me, I'm always gonna, to be honest, I'm always gonna love Fabio and, and, and for me, pa- Fabio, Cascal and Pedro are, are always going to be my coaches. So all, all these, these, these three people like were a big influence for me. And, uh, for sure, like, for sure, I, I I still love training, but I just don't I don't feel the same anymore. I don't feel like uh, I don't know. I just don't feel the same for now. I don't feel the same doing jujitsu again. And and uh, of course, I want to train from time to time, not to lose the skills. But I I really needed a, a long break. Hmm. I, I was really tired. Of, like it it was like almost ten years nonstop. Uh-huh. doing jiu-jitsu it's like, and i'm i'm very tired of it uh, i wish i would have competed more but it's either that or i paid my expenses and lived well and i ate well or i compete and sometimes i don't like sometimes i don't <laughs> it would be really money would be tight yeah speaking but, of competing so before the abu dhabi thing did you did you compete a lot while you were no nah, I, 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 I look I, I to be honest with you like i i competed because it's like Fabio would push me all the time, honestly. Um, I, I Fabio would push me all the time to compete. Honestly, if, if it wasn't maybe for Fabio, I, I wouldn't have competed the times I did because I, I hate it. I hate competing with a passion. You hate it? Yeah, Why? because it's like you you pay you, you pay for the inscription and then you have to watch your diet and then like. If I don't watch my diet, I fight super heavyweights. Yeah. So then I have to watch my diets. And like, I want, I, I remember one Abu Dhabi, I lost like 30 pounds. And it was like, it was so bad. It was, it was like, I was suffering so much. And then I was like, okay. And what, what did, what do I get? Like a, a $2 medal? Like, what? Like, I don't know. It's like, so, so stupid. That's not what it's about. Come on. For me, it's what it is about. Like, what's the point yeah, yeah. of doing all this? 
That's, it's like if, uh, if you can't make a living out of it, like what's the point? Like I don't, I'm not gonna kill myself to to make all these competitions and lose a lot of money, and then and I can't make a living when I when I get back home. It's it's I find it a bit silly. And uh, but that's the thing I don't love jujitsu. I love it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Rate, uh, are you you have more questions about like Abu Dhabi or uh... about Abu Dhabi? Yeah, no. I just want to off topic if we're still gonna. Oh, you could totally go off topic now. Yeah, I, I find it super interesting. I like I said, I, I I don't know if I'd be able to do it, especially now with kids. Obviously, you don't have any kids around, so it's a little easier for you to get up yeah, and. Yeah. You know, it's it's still hard because you have your family and your girlfriend and everything. But man, even going out there and teaching—I mean, I, I find it—I find it rough. I mean, I have to say, teaching here locally. I mean, locally, where I have to travel an hour to teach, there's not a single night that I'm like, I don't want to go, or like I feel too tired to go, and I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go teach again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's new, it's still new to me. So, so therefore, I, I'm still on that hype. You know, I didn't, I haven't been teaching every day. You know what I mean? For three years or three and a half years, I think my I would mentally break down also, and I would definitely need a break from jujitsu if I was teaching that much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I, for me, it's like uh, I don't know. For me, I love jujitsu per se. It's like it was, especially like Fabio style. Uh, I don't know. I I stuck with Fabio style because Fabio's like really. I think he's self defense first, and then the sport second. I really feel like, because I worked as a bouncer, and I really feel like, uh, man, a lot of, I, I've, like, man, I, I could, I could defend myself very well when I was, when I was, uh, when I was bouncing, and I've, se I've seen other guys that were Fabio students in action that were working with me, and it's like, man, so, it, uh, so I'm, I'm just saying it's like, it, it, I, I like that style, I like the, I like teaching myself, but. To say it's it's it, it was tough, and you really have to love it to stay in, to stay there, and 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 and, and they, but there was perks. I mean, it, I wouldn't, I can't say it was bad. It, yeah. it wasn't. It like uh, I'll I'll give you an example. I got to see like so many places around the world because of it. You know, I went to I went to Finland. I went to Kenya with Louis. I stayed at Louis' place in Kenya, and like I got to see so many beautiful things in in, in Kenya and in Finland as well. Um, I got to meet so many people in Finland and see a different style of jujitsu. Yeah, I was about well. to say, did, did you did you learn anything? Uh, you obviously learned a lot when you were there, but are there any techniques that you brought home with you that we just yeah. don't do very often or don't see very I, often? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, but like I, I train with some of the guys. Uh, I was staying with this guy, uh, Marco, in Finland, and he's a specialist in wrist locks. Okay. And he was getting me, he got me a couple of times in, in, in wrist locks uh, that I've never seen in different angles that I've never seen before. And, and one day he took the time to teach me for like 40 minutes all the wrist locks that he did. Oh, that's so it, cool. It was really really fun finland was super nice uh it was one of the i think one of my favorite places to 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 visit so and and the jiu-jitsu there is really good hmm. so my my boss in abu dhabi was the one that set up well he was the founder you can say of, of jiu-jitsu in finland isn't that uh where um christian is from 
I don't no. know. He's no. is he from uh he's from Denmark. Oh Denmark. Yeah, he's Danish. Yeah. You mean, you mean oh. Jerry Curl? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey Jerry Curl. Shout out to Jerry Curl. <laughs> oh, so, so, so that so that's it. So for me it's like I I I don't know. They they had a good uh they they have a good, good, good base and it was really they had really good black belts too. And uh the jujitsu there in Finland is is really good too. Uh, the the guy that set it up there was it's Lucio Linares, and he fought in in the UFC. Uh, he was like nineteen and eight. He fought Tokinho Paliares, and it was a really good fight. So it the, it, it was really like Finland was really good, but Abu Dhabi also. Abu Dhabi like when sometimes with with when Pedro was teaching in the military, we would be around fifty black belts. Classes of fifty black belts, and it was and it was uh, one hour, one hour and a half of sparring, nonstop. Wow! Only with black belts, and it, it was really awesome. And at the, at the same time, teacher um, Pedro was teaching a couple of techniques, and it was, I think it was it was super good. Like I said, and I don't know, it it gave me opportunities to fly, like I said, all over the world. I went to Thailand too. I stayed with uh, Mac. I don't know if you ever met Mac. Uh, he's one of uh, Fabio's friends, um, and he's a re- retired pilot there. He's super. He has a super nice place. And I went to train with with the guys at uh, Phuket top, top Team there. Oh, cool! And it was super, super good. Man, I, Thailand was one of the best places I've ever been. And it's a very cheap. All you do is jujitsu and and all day and muay thai, and then go to the beach. Hmm. It, it was super nice. That sounds like a nice life. Wow, it was nice while it lasted, but it, yeah. It, after at one point, like because I didn't have that deal anymore, that I can have like uh, time off in one week or two weeks on, two weeks off. So uh, they sent me to another base. And then my expenses, I, I, I don't know, it wasn't as cheap as to live anymore. I had to look for a place and stuff. And and I was working with people that were not like very, you know, it, they were not, <laughs> they're not the easiest people to work with. Uh, so, How do you mean? Sorry? How do you mean? Because you work with guys that sometimes, because they are higher ranked, in jiu-jitsu, they think they can boss you around. Oh. But they have the gym mentality, but they don't understand that it's not the gym. It's a corporate, it's a corporate mentality. Okay. So oh, it's my, you know, I, have, I have a higher degree belt than you, then it's your turn to go teach. Mm-hmm. Um, you go teach. But at one point when you're teaching all, like we're two guys always teaching the same classes, it, it starts to get annoying. Yeah, and I guess it's it's you're all it's also with people who have lots of experience in jiu-jitsu that might be higher ranked in jiu-jitsu, but might not have that much experience working in a for a corporation or for oh, a business. That, right? Yeah, that's that's the main challenge as well too. Yeah. That's a big problem. That's a big problem over there because you have guys that only have done jiu-jitsu all their all their lives, and and, and now just work for somebody. Yeah, so now they're working for somebody and they don't like it too much. Mm. And it's it's very, like, they complain about the company, the workplace. But at the same time, they're, it's like, man, 
they're not treating us bad and we already know what's the deal. We already know what's the job. You signed up for it, right? Exactly. And I would argue with them a lot. I'm like, you're not happy. Why don't you just go? Yeah. If you're not happy, go home. It's like if you if you if you you think you're gonna be doing better at home, but some of these guys have been been doing MMA and they were punch drunk and they couldn't. You couldn't have a conversation with these guys. Mm. So it, it was that was the, the tough part I found over there. It, a, a lot of it was tough too, you know, being away from from home and then you get a, to appreciate more uh, the One, things that you have here. Yeah, yeah, you do. You really do. I, I, I tell don't. us, tell yes. us a little bit about. Um, you said you were a bouncer before. Yeah, uh, that was in Montreal. Yeah, and where um, can you? Anything interesting happening with jujitsu? Uh, whatever, like any action. Well, like yeah, there was always action. Like there was always like. <laughs> yeah, there was always action. Like when it's it's impossible that you don't like you go to be a bouncer. You're not gonna get into like fights. Uh, There's always idiots. Just so you know, if you look at Brian's face in the camera and yeah. the fact that he's looking down at his phone, what's yeah. happening in this exact moment? I'm Prof- reading listener listener reviews. Re- listeners have questions. Professor Phil is sending messages. <laughs> he does it to me too, and then asks him to ask you questions. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Questions like, tell us about anything, any kind of uh, um, Lee Villeneuve stories. <laughs> no no i can't say it you can't say it. why not <laughs> because it's like uh lee has a school and he has and he, mm-hmm. we, we did get into fights but okay, like let me that. phrase the question Any interesting <laughs> stories uh including <laughs> some other people that are high level jujitsu sorry sorry do you have any other you have any stories that involve any other High-level, you know, jujitsu practitioners that you, you know, experienced while you were a bouncer. Yes, of course. Can you tell yeah. us anything without divulging any names? Well, Ray uh, will cut out the first part. No, because every like. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I, 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 no, that, like, I can tell you stories in the sense, like, man, there's guys, there's guys that when they have like liquid courage, uh, yeah. They think they're like so invincible. invincible I'll tell sure. you one from I will tell you one from from Lee. Okay, okay, good. This is one you can but tell. It was, that one is hilarious because it's like we were working at this French bar, and uh, there's this guy with like big gold gold chains and big golden rings, and he had like two uh, like gray goose bottles. So he paid like a lot of money for two, those two bottles, and he was spraying the like alcohol, like uh, vodka, on all these like beautiful women. And <laughs> what and else would watching. you do with two bottles of Grey Goose? Yeah. So, but a lot of people were complaining about this guy. So then uh, um, Lee's like, Lee Lee grabs his bottles and he's like, "You're gonna go outside now. I'm kicking you out." The guy's like, "Who the hell you think you are?" And Lee starts pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. And I'm laughing. I'm not doing anything. And then Lee is like, uh, he's pushing, pushing. And then he goes in, uh, he, he opens the taxi. We were outside. And then he co- opens it. The taxi, the taxi is like, and then he gives him like a, a kick in the ass. And the guy falls, falls inside the cab. 
he closes the door of the cab. The cab leaves. And I think the cab did a, like a, a turn around the block. And he comes back. And he's like, oh, I paid a lot of money for those bottles. You're going to let me. Because I was working outside. He's like, you're going to let me in. And you'll see. Uh, I, you won't be able to do anything. I'm like, listen. I'm going to let you in. I'm not supposed to. But I'm not too sure if my colleague inside is going to be happy to see you. But <laughs> well, I was like, but that's up to you. And uh, the guy goes in <laughs> and Lee really like kicks him out, picks him up, throws him inside the cab, kicks him in the chest, closes the door. <laughs> and he's like, yes. I was like, Lee, I'm sorry. I didn't see him at all. He's like, let's that. Man, because that's one of my stories. But that's like PG. But like, I got yeah, to go over into like, I'm disappointed in that story, man. Oh, I can't. Man, I, and Phil knows already some of these stories, but I, I can't say it. Like, it's, <laughs> some of them, I, some of them really like, uh, we're really bad. We're really bad. Guys trying to be like uh, guys are trying to be tough with 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 uh, with Lee, and then I'll be like, oh my god, and they would go flying <laughs> like uh, Osoto Gary, one punch oh, and yeah. knock out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, which club was that at? Huh? <laughs> right, it's really. Which club was that? Nah, nah I want to come on. Right. You can't Let's say the name out. of the club. Brian is an investigative reporter and needs no, to know. What's, what's the harm in seeing the club? There's no, no harm there. <laughs> that, well, I don't have any. It's, it, it was in Oshlaga. We were probably, the, is it even open still? Yeah. Well, they changed the name. Okay. Like so? was, it's called Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith? Yes. <laughs> fuck? That's a fake name. I swear. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh... R Ramiro, thanks for coming on, man. I, I, I really appreciate it. The reason why I'm stopping it now, because Brian and Phil are relentless and will not stop these barrage questions. Okay, one, one more, one more. Okay, one more, go. Um, Ramiro, I don't know if... Whoops. Sorry. I don't know if... Um, I don't know where this was, if it was Gamma or whatever, but can you... And I won't mention any names, right? But it's still it's still a pretty fucking hilarious story. Um, the uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call it the cock soap story. <laughs> Do you know about this, Ramiro? <laughs> I'll hey. take that as a yes. Hey, that's not uh, you. You should ask uh, John Bossy that story. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna mention the name. Come we'll on. have him on then. We'll have to have him on the show. You can cut out the name after. What's the story? No, I'm totally cutting out the name. I'm not doing any editing. That's extra work. I don't have time. You can put John Bossy there. I don't care. All right, guys. So we're going to end here. We're at an hour and 15 minutes. We're going to do a little cut here. I have another podcast I have to jump on anyways. All right. I'm good. You're good? Everybody hear the cock soap story. You know what? If you want, you can Skype Ramiro right after this, and he will tell you the call. And, and make sure right after. It has nothing to do with me. All right. <laughs> Soap story has nothing to do with you? Ask John Bossy.
That's what I mean. We were there when it happened, but <laughs> now I now I kind of want to know what the console is. But... Okay, how about how about I tell the story and remember you tell me if it's if it's accurate. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you guys, it was not speaking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys. Come on. No. All right, all right. I'll leave you alone. You've been listening to Let's Talk Jiu-Jitsu with Raymond Terrence. Go follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Turn on notifications and press that like button. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the mat.